Hello and welcome to The Hill is Always Greener, a show where four friends have chill discussions about Sonic the Hedgehog to distract themselves from the inevitable passage of time and their own rapidly waning ability to relate to the youth. Now in 3D! Whoa! Whoa! So uh, put on your glasses before you listen to this episode or else you're not going to get any of the 3D effects. I'm going to be sick. I need to put my glasses on anyway. My eyesight is terrible at this age. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I am Cyberlink. I'm Valero. I'm Game Buddy. I'm Rock the Jake. And uh, so, how, how's it been going, guys? Anything Sonic-y that's been happening since last time? Yeah, the Queen died. Um, <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm pretty sure the royalty has oh. died in Sonic. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, no, so- no, Sonic is canonically the King of England that's for right. uh, Sonic and the Black Knight. Oh yeah. boy. So, uh, it's finally time for him to take his place on the throne. Face to face with me. Uh, lifting back the veil a little bit, by the way. <laughs> this Good is, night, uh, everybody. First episode of the year. But um, not really for us. We were vamping before the recording and, you know, talking about <laughs> world events. And I said to myself, you know, in my brain, said, don't mention the queen died. It's not it's it's not not relevant. And <laughs> it just really caught me off guard there. <laughs> oh, man. And then Chris kicked in the door. <laughs> yep. Hey, if anyone's gonna do it, this. Yep. Uh, by yeah, the way, you're the most. Co- yeah, like you're the one who can get away with it. But yep, uh, yep. Not really. Um, uh, people will be very mad at me. But hey, well, yeah, by the time this episode comes out, <laughs> yeah, it'll have scabbed over by now. Yeah. <laughs> time heals all wounds. <laughs> Supposedly. Supposedly. So, okay. <laughs> Woo! All right. So other than that, <laughs> I, I did play some pretty good games during uh, Sage this year. Uh, finally got to see like the latest version of Sonic Encore, which is still a little jank, but I I appreciate what it's trying to do. Like it's cool that they have a pretty decent like original take on 3D Sonic movement. And the one thing that like consistently is a problem in that one is that just the levels are so big it's so easy to get turned around and completely lost people talk about how linear some 3d sonic levels can be but that's kind of to their benefit in a lot of cases yeah 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 i mean the the roller coaster style format is there for a reason kind of <laughs> a little bit the the thing i always think about in it's not even sonic levels it's the treasure hunting in sonic adventure 2 where i will never forget going through those the first time as a kid and taking like half an hour because it's just some of them are just too big especially those last ones that are very vertical it's like nah man you gotta pare down stuff even if you're supposed to be running around really fast but i mean that that's the cool thing about fan games especially ones that are being worked on with lots of iterations is like yeah that can always come as a a, you know a future update and whatnot and um yeah i really i i i have always been overwhelmed most Mostly paralyzed by choice when Sage comes yeah. around, but I, I'm definitely glad that they do a really good job. And there's lots of different accounts, like a, a Sonic fan game bot on Twitter and Sonic the Hedge blog, which is on a whole bunch of platforms, do a really good job of spotlighting, uh, you know, some of the ones that are almost near complete or like have nice big demos. So people, it's it's much, much easier to just pick one of those and try it out. And also, um, 
you know, I love that there are straight up just a bunch of games that are like original concepts with like people's own yeah, for sure. characters and all. And you can see like the Sonic DNA in there. Like, you know, maybe as much as like, oh, this character also runs fast, but it's just been a great, uh, uh, nice batch of indie games that i hope i hope every single one of them gets gets finished the way that the the creators want to i I wish them the best of luck for sure and i've seen a lot of the games from past years finally you know make it to completion and show up on steam stuff like frogun and buck up and drive and uh brock the investigator it's just a lot of really quality original projects that finally got their time to shine the sun and are actually being very well received. So it's always cool to see that happen. Uh, Two games from this year I definitely want to call out. Uh, Mechanico, which was originally a Sonic fan game called Sonic and the Music Mayhem something or other. Oh, yeah. I I think I know which one you mean. Yeah. Yeah. They just recently switched it to be its own original thing. Uh, it's an adventure game with an Undertale style like battle system, and I feel okay saying that because an er- older build had Deltarune music in it. So, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely a cool one. I definitely I'm looking forward to seeing that one come into its own. And then the other one I want to call out for sure is uh, Seaside Fireflies by our buddy Piggy Bank with music by our other buddy Rec D. Yeah, it's a char- it's a charming little experience, and you should definitely give it a try. Just a, a quick little bit just mouse and keyboard but it's adorable absolutely then i suppose it's time we get into our main topic sonic 3d insert your word of choice here blaster flicky's island whichever one you know you prefer (laughs) another one of those regional differences that has no basis in logic (laughs) blast sounds cooler so it's going to appeal to american audience yeah Yeah, that's how it usually goes um what was it in japanese just for comparison purposes so I checked, and apparently one version was Flicky's Island, and another version was Blast. So, well, thanks for clearing that up, Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yep, which it's kind of hard to kind of hard to get a straight answer on that because the, the one version of this like didn't even get released in Japan for a long time, <laughs> and one version didn't even. Actually, two versions didn't get released for a long time, and one didn't get released at all. Like, basically, uh, the Mega Drive version got skipped over until, you know, it started showing up in compilations and on Virtual Console and stuff like that. Uh, The Saturn version didn't come out until October 14th, 1999, on the same day as Sonic Adventure International. Yeah, which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sonic Adventure International was the American version re-released in Japan with all of the, like, quality of life fixes. Yes. Yeah. Which, yeah, so (laughs) the Sonic 3D Blast Flicky's Island got released the same day as the re-release of Sonic Adventure (laughs) in Japan. That's really weird. (laughs) Just one of those things, uh... We were aware of something being released around the time of Sonic Adventure and being like, that's really weird. We had it with the Christmas Blast and now here we are with this. Yep, and then the Windows PC version didn't get over to Japan at all, which is not entirely surprising. So, um, what's Sonic 3D? <laughs> I feel like we do. I know. I feel like I know what it is. Why don't we all tell? Why don't you guys tell the audience what Sonic 3D is? 
You know, that's the kind of excuse you usually make when you don't know what it is. Chris, did you not play this before we uh, were supposed to record? We talked about this. I mean, I did play it. It doesn't mean I understand what it is exactly. No. <laughs> no, it's a case of, but we do need to kind of explain what's go- what we this do. game actually is. Because, oh, like, this is not your typical Sonic game. Not by any stretch of the imagination. So, Sonic 3D Blast, or Sonic 3D Flicky's Island, again, depending on where you're from, uh, came out in for the Mega Drive originally. And the best way to describe it is it's a Sonic game with the mechanics of Flicky, the original 1984 game. But since a lot of you have no idea what that is... Yeah. <laughs> Like we briefly mentioned it in our arcade and uh, game compilations episode. Basically, Flicky was the was a Sega arcade game from 1984, all about you playing as this little bluebird named Flicky who had to find a bunch of chicks scattered around the level and lead them back to a door without getting caught by a cat and losing all of your uh, flick, little chicks following you. And the more you could get at once, the bigger the point bonus you had. So... Obviously, Flicky would become a recurring little friend you rescue in the Sonic games. But then they decided to really lean into it with this game, which straight up uses the same mechanic of find bird, get them to follow you, take them to exit, get more points the more you do it once. You know, I I don't think I ever put those two together that that is the the exact same uh, uh, gameplay loop as the Flicky arcade game. Um that's kind of hilarious. <laughs> First ever Sonic crossover game in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the retroactively part of the Sonic universe now. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, it sure is satisfying to take all five of those uh, flickies at once to the little goal ring and uh, see those points jump up. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also important to mention as far as like the overall look and aesthetic of the game. It's it's like a slightly top-down, not completely top-down, but like isometric, slightly top-down isometric game. Um, that three, the 3D part of the title is fitting, but it, it's a Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, right? it, it's like a lot of I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that this was jumping on the bandwagon of here is Rare's Donkey Kong Country that uses these pre-rendered sprites that are of these 3D models that. For the time, and you know, there's lots of uh, aesthetic arguments now of whether those games look good now, uh, but at the time it was kind of mind-blowing. In, this, in the same way that like the original Star Fox was like, whoa, look at this 3D object on this, uh, you know, home console. Um, and I think 3D, uh, Sonic 3D was definitely Sega's answer to that too. Um uh, you know, plug the hole of not having a an actual real new Sonic game coming out because they were working with the Saturn and also, you know, wanted a Sonic adventure on that back in the day. And they they needed something to put out as the swan song of the Mega Drive Sonic era. This was in many ways like what Sonic, like Sonic 3, as we, as I understand it, was originally supposed to be a 3D Sonic game, which is why it has that big 3D Sonic at the beginning and they were experimenting with some 3D stuff in it. But this is their first actual attempt of doing that. Uh, but it's a bit more like, it's less of a, a 3D Sonic like you would think of in Sonic Adventure and the like. It's just an, it is like Jake said, a isometric game, like of the like of, say, Marble Madness or 
bef- like preceding this game, Sonic Labyrinth on the Game Gear. Yeah, the oft forgotten for good reason controversial ex- gameplay experiment, Sonic Labyrinth. <laughs> I mean, I've heard there's at least one person who likes that game, so it's got something going for it. Okay, (laughs) uh, uh, this is unrelated to anything, side tangent. If Sonic Labyrinth was a golf game, like the Kirby golf game on the Super Nintendo... Oh, like Kirby Dream Course? Yes, would would it be better? Like, instead of Sonic being, uh, you know, the, the caveat being that Robotnik swapped Sonic's shoes with ones that made him slow, instead, like, it was, oh, Robotnik turned Sonic, imprisoned Sonic into a giant golf course, and you had to play it like a, like one of those, would that have been better? And it wouldn't be, like, universally, almost universally reviled? <laughs> I mean... If it didn't have the concept of Robotnik physically removing Sonic's shoes to reveal his blue feet and that being in your head the moment you imagine the concept for that game, then perhaps your mileage may vary on that. Yeah, like you said, this was sort of supposed to be the swan song for Sonic on the Genesis and Mega Drive. And then, then things went a little sideways with development on Sonic Extreme for Sega Saturn. Hmm. And it's like, oh, this is not going to be out anytime soon. Uh-oh, we don't have a 3D Sonic game. Uh-oh, <laughs> this console is doomed. <laughs> we need a game fast-tracked. Hey, Traveler's Tales, uh, can you port Sonic 3D to the Saturn and do it in seven weeks? Jeez. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. When when I heard that, I was my my heart dropped because we'll get to it. I do think the the Saturn version is probably like the objectively better version of the vanilla, uh, you know, Sonic 3D titles. But yeah, to hear that it was in such a short amount of time was. Ooh, it made my blood run cold. <laughs> All the tales, yeah. travelers' tales, could tell about that development process. I'm sure. And have told. Yes. <laughs> like, like, if you want to find out more about like how the game was built, uh, Traveler's Tales founder John Burton has made multiple videos talking about that as well as Sonic R over on his YouTube channel, Game Hut, going into all sorts of actually really fascinating behind-the-scenes looks at earlier prototypes and how they actually got certain effects to work. It's it's a fascinating watch. You should definitely check those out. Definitely. But yeah, apparently the way they did it was they built a, like, specially made compiler that converted all of the original source code from uh, the original language they programmed it in over to be compatible with Saturn. So basically... All of Sonic 3D Saturn is running on the exact same bones as the original Mega Drive version, just with prettier graphics. Interesting. It seems to be in my limited research of the Saturn was like what that console was best at was like yeah. super pretty 2D graphics. And yeah. the poor Sega realized after it was released that like because of the PlayStation's like, oh no, people want 3D games. Let's force 3d games onto this console that was not really developed with that in mind Mm. and man you can see why that thing was was (laughs) doa for certain (laughs) yeah at least these sprites look nice though they look even better on the sega saturn version if you've ever played stuff like clockwork night and whatnot on the saturn they love those pre-rendered sprites and uh on the saturn and they look real good 
<laughs> yeah, no, they redrew everything for the Saturn, and it looks really nice. Oh, so much better. Like, yeah. I, I think there are a lot of uh, aesthetic arguments to to have about this game, whether or not you you think it looks good. But I think the 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 Saturn version, and, and you know, the PC version to to a lesser extent, because it's this the relatively the same with some effects cut out. The Saturn version is a very pretty game, I think. And my understanding was that it was kind of a roughly even split between uh, Sonic Team and Traveler's Tales in terms of the work being done. Like Sonic Team did the game design and the level design while Traveler's Tales basically did all the art and programming. So, And then when the Saturn version came around, Sonic Team designed that those uh, special stages themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. those lovely new low-poly Sonic special stages that we've got in that one. <laughs> yeah. I want to say back in the day that sometimes people, uh, fellow Sonic fans, like wouldn't even count this as a real Sonic game because Traveler's Tales did a lot of the work. But knowing the history, it's like, no, this was a a very much a hand in hand collaboration to make this like a proper Sonic game. This was not farmed out as like some kind of second or third party thing with with Sonic licensed on it. Right. There are times when it feels a little bit like that when they like misuse sound effects and like copy use sound like some tracks are taken straight from Sonic Three and Knuckles. I've noticed. Yeah. So sometimes it feels a little like they're recycling. They were just like given these little hand me downs to work with, but it's still really good. I think. Mm-hmm. One thing I did find out while I was doing research on this is that not only was the game originally going to be titled Sonic Spindrift, which is hmm. that's a title. I don't know if that's better or not. <laughs> that's confusing yeah <laughs> that yeah, almost it's... sounds like a negative thing like oh man sonic's he blew out one of his sneakers now he's got spin drift going on <laughs> he's, 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 he's been to... the analog stick on his controller is just completely shot no oh, boy oh boy should have <laughs> stuck with those magnets and the dreamcast controllers sonic yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, not only was the title originally different, but they were at one point experimenting with uh, split-screen multiplayer. Oh. Oh. Hmm. One of the uh, videos on Game Hut has, like, a very early look on it, but they hadn't fully implemented the second player. It's mostly just, like, the screen split down the middle like Super Mario Kart, and the bottom screen is just kind of scrolling around the stage without any actual character on it. And I think it just ended up being a little bit too much for the Mega Drive to handle, so they had to cut it. But, you know, it was an interesting what could have been. Yeah, when you mentioned that, I was thinking just as far as, like, the the power of the of the console. I'm not super familiar with the Sega Saturn, but it just, you know, older consoles in general like that, like, with all the, pre, the pre-rendered the pre 3D models and assets and everything, I was like, would it be able to handle split-screen multiplayer? Because that seems like a big load. <laughs> It would seem like the kind of thing that would need some programming black magic to get to get working correctly. I, I'm just thinking of, you know, as a lay person thinking of like the split screen in Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 and how that is like a a very uh, squished down, obviously, uh, to make it work um, correctly. Like, yeah, it's it's probably harder than we think in, in this day and age where where multiplayer and even local split screen is like a given for a lot of games. Yeah, but for what it's worth, you know, I went into this, you know, I've talked about how this was the first Sonic game I ever owned. I got the Windows PC version for Christmas one year and... It stuck with me for a good long while. And I was a little bit dreading going back in 
for this playthrough because it's like, well, I know this game has developed a bit of a reputation for being, you know, let's say jank. <laughs> yeah, and you've played good Sonic games since then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, like, a lot of people do not look back on this one quite as fondly because of, you know, some of the control stuff and just the overall feel of the game and everything. But I went back, I played through both uh, the Genesis version with an asterisk, as we'll get into later, and that PC version. And honestly, I ended up having a really good time with both. And I wholeheartedly admit a lot of that is probably due to nostalgia and everything just immediately coming back to me, but... Like, I had a really good time with it. Growing up, this was not one of the my my favorite Sonic games to pop in. I know I had the, the Mega Drive cartridge, and I think would occasionally maybe go through, like, the first couple of zones, and it might have just because it was very different. Um, it just never clicked with me. Kind of like the same with we've talked about Spinball to where, you know, I'm a I'm a little kid and my brain lights up and says, this isn't like the Sonics I know. So I'm not sure I like it. You know, not having that stick to it, you know, learn a new experience, um, uh, you know, kind of like my uh, uh, like experience now learning puzzle and fighting games like, oh, I like uh, Puyo and a street fighter now because i pushed past that little kid instinct of oh i'm not good at it right away and it's different i just don't like it um because that that was my attitude with with sonic 3d for certain and it was not until a couple of years ago that i played uh through a a modified version uh like you said with an asterisk um and ended up coming away from it and really enjoying the unique experience um yeah, I don't know if it's like a super good one of these games. I just know that once I stopped expecting it to be a 2D Sonic title, it was much easier to enjoy what was there, including the the whole experience, the uh, the, the graphics, the design, the music, uh, both versions. And so I am much much softer on it now as a uh, on the whole. Yeah, because the you can't really go into it expecting it to be a two D Sonic title. It's a three D Sonic title. <laughs> it's 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 right there on the tin. Yeah, yeah. I, I, my experience is a lot more recent than yours. I never had this as a kid, and I never really tried playing it much, even when it was like on Mega Collection and stuff. But uh, was it on Mega Collection? I think it was. Yep, it was. Yes. Yep. Okay, just making sure my memories aren't broken as they tend to be at my age. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but You're good. I did get to, I did play it through very recently, just for the purpose of this podcast. Uh, finished it with that asterisk. Do 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 do. But um, yeah, I really, I kind of enjoyed. It. At first, I felt like it, t- it took some getting used to. I felt like trying to find the flickies really slowed things down at times. But once you get into a groove and you start like you start getting used to the layouts of the levels and what you need to do, I feel like you can actually get through it with quite a bit of speed. It's it's not like a Sonic level. It's not like you're going from left to right to get to the end. But I don't know what it can be really really satisfying when you sort of like finally get to pick up speed and you sort of like. Ah, uh, you streamline the level, and you're just like, "Yeah, it's Sonic time now, but 3D." <laughs> it's yeah, that's because I, I sort of imagine myself in that time period being like, "Oh, Sonic's in 3D now, great." I think I think you really hit the nail on the head when you said when you get into your groove in this game because uh, I and now I get to share my story with the game. <laughs> um, uh, so I I was one of the people who 
uh, you know, I've, we've mentioned this before. Like Luke, I never had a Sega system growing up, so I was one of the people who got to play this game for the first time on the Mega Collection on on GameCube, and um, and I like I've never finished the game, and unfortunately, I had a very busy week leading up to this, so I still haven't finished the game, <laughs> but I've seen the <laughs> ending at least. Nonetheless, um, I've played the game uh, a pretty good amount, and uh, it definitely has a bit of a learning curve. It's just as far as just how to control Sonic, especially because. It's like it's like he moves not fast, but fast at the same time because of like the way that you have to like slow down around corners and stuff. But when, like you said, when you hit your groove, that's when it really starts to feel like a Sonic game because like whether you're playing, you know, Sonic One, Sonic Three, heck, I'll say it, Sonic Four, <laughs> um, or Sonic <laughs> Adventure, or any of the new games, like there's a point where you start to like get into a groove of it and it's almost like you're reading the level before the information gets to you. And like, there's parts of that in Sonic 3D Blast too. So I think that's a common thread within almost all Sonic games. And that's apparent here too. And I've had good times playing this and one of these days I'll finish it one day. (laughs) (laughs) It's also, it's, um, I think, uh, one of y'all mentioned, um, uh, I think it was you, Luke, that replaying this, that you, you made it through like both versions completely. And that it's, it's actually really it is a shorter game and it's probably better uh uh a a better package because of that that there is uh, plenty of zones and and lots of things but the levels aren't too large um like there there is potentially some backtracking because you know you're you're trying to track down those bad nicks that have the flickies in them but it never feels like uh you're getting too lost in a level because you can just keep going in a direction and probably end back up where you need to go. And so that the fact that this is probably shorter than your average uh, 2d Sonic game is probably to its, uh, to its benefit. Yeah. Like even having forgotten most of the game since the last time I played it, which was who knows how long ago uh, I managed to get through each version in less than two hours. So yeah, it's not that bad. And the one th- one thing I appreciate is that since so much of it is based around exploration and trying to find all these flickies and whatnot, uh, the one advantage is that there is no time limit, 10 minute time limit like before. So you, you can just keep on going as long as it takes. The timer will just stop at 9.59 and if you, you'll get to the end and all it'll do is your time will just say too long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it was counting down. I was like, "Oh no, oh no, am I gonna die?" Oh, okay, I guess not. And then it just reprimands you at the end. It's like it shames you. <laughs> yeah. It should have said at the end, like time, like your time score skill issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which which we talked about. Uh, we've already mentioned some of the uh, the the visual differences between the two. Um, but I, I really did just want to kind of dig in before we uh, like go through the each level and, and kind of talk about those. I really do think the Saturn version is very pretty. Um, mm-hmm. I, not only, uh, like you said, like a visual upgrade, they, they redrew all the sprites. Um, you know, especially you've got Sonic, you've got Tails and Knuckles. Tails and Knuckles are the, how you get to the, the special stages in this game. And on the Mega Drive, they are still definitely recognizable as the characters they are. But if you start to go over them with a fine tooth comb, you kind of see Sonic himself, especially, uh, in his like neutral pose 
Jones has got some real thin arms and leg noodle arms, uh, you know, <laughs> noodle limbs going that can sometimes get lost in the background. So he's yeah. kind of doing a kind of doing a Rayman where his hands and that. feet are <laughs> hands <laughs> and feet are floating. Um, and that, for the most part, gets fixed fixed in the uh, Saturn and PC versions because the sprites are uh, uh, stand out more and have more detail to them. And uh, I love the all of the little background elements that get added to the Saturn version, like in the. Um, in Green Grove, the first, the biggest difference you notice is that not only is there a lot more textures going on in the environment, which carries through over, but lots of little background elements. Like there's little moles um, and other little animals just hanging out in the background. Uh, you know, you imagine just like watching Sonic do his thing. You know, they're probably worried about all these robots that showed up and why their, you know, flicky friends got put in there. But uh, it's just nice little stuff. Like in, in Spring Stadium, there's tons of goofy little Robotnik parade balloons in the background everywhere. Oh, I, I love I love like the Robotnik sign with the big Robotnik in a top hat. Just ta yes. <laughs> it's It's the perfect, you know, the, the ego of Dr. Robotnik is on full display. And I, I, I really like it. I genuinely think the Saturn version is very pretty. Like, I, I want to go back to, you know, I played the PC version, which is missing some of the effects. I think mostly, like, fog and special effects. It's mostly the same, except for some missing fog in certain stages. But otherwise, it's more or less the same as the Saturn. It's just very atmospheric. <laughs> and we're not going to talk too much about the soundtrack, but it blends in well with the music of Richard Jakes, which is... uh in tune with the Saturn games of the time when it comes to Sonic. Yes, yeah. yes. Like, we'll just spoil it like we did our, our Sonic CD, is we want to do our next episode where we listen to the, the different soundtracks and compare and comp contrast. It's Listening Party 2, Electric Boogaloo, because... <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, it, it's it's so cool that it's the it's it's June Senoue on the Mega Drive version with the the Sonic the Sega Sound Team basically. Um, like that's another weird thing to where it's it's we did not know who composed a lot of the the Mega Drive version until someone like dug out the credits uh, embedded into the uh, the game code itself. But it is like uh, you can kind of tell listening to it that it is again like. The, the game itself like the swan song of sonic uh mega drive compositions and um that you know it's not a secret that a couple of those tracks like m graduated into full uh you know into sonic adventure um which i think is super cool as well which makes sense because it's like i'm sure sonoi was like you know what i did these tracks i'm really proud of them and nobody in japan got to hear them because we didn't that version never got released here. Screw it. I'm going to put them into Sonic Adventure. Who's going to stop me? I think there's even a, a an unused song buried in there somewhere that like made it all the way to Sonic 4. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's about the unused boss theme. But yeah, it is one of those to where the the Saturn version got its a, a new soundtrack by by Richard Jakes and uh, is also incredibly good and and fits the game in its own special way. And I'm I'm excited to again compare and contrast those. And uh, you know, unlike Sonic CD, I don't know if I have listened to the uh, you know the the Saturn soundtrack all the way through like ever. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, the one one thing I will say for the Saturn over the Mega Drive is that 
you know, the Mega Drive, they've only got so much, you know, you know, of a color palette to work with, but you put it to the Saturn or the PC version and just all the little changes they're able to make add so much more atmosphere. Like Rusty Ruin feels so much more gluey. Di- Diamond Dust seems like so much more, you know, frigid and cold. Just all those other little touches here and there just go so far in kind of helping that game feel more I don't even want I don't even know what the word is like more real man yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I would say I guess more of a cohesive experience uh, less less about cohesion and more just like you know there there's more texture to the world for lack of a better word phrase like it feels like there is more going on it better sets the mood for each of these stages than you know the Genesis color palette was really able to do on its own not for lack of trying mind you there's very low there's like limitations when it comes to the variety of the stages because they're basic they're, they're working off like a very basic template i think like everything has the classic sonic checkerboard pattern although i think that has a purpose because it helps you work out where sonic's gonna land on a 3d plane yeah, yeah. but everything mm-hmm. feels like a variation of each other level in a way I think a great example of that is the the final boss, which is just called the final fight, which is very stark, um, a black background on the Mega Drive with kind of a, I, you know, I've, I've seen like a cyberspace theme, like almost like this is, uh, you know, Robotnik has transported you to like maybe even a, a realm he's he's created. Uh, and it's very uh, stark on the Mega Drive. And then the Saturn, it is blown out into like the full realization of that concept where you're still on this floating platforms but like there's a fully rendered background um you can see like much more uh you know like robotnik type machinery and that yeah it's like the saturn version takes the the concepts that the the mega drive levels have and more fully realizes them to make them it's less about improving them because the 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 layouts I think are mostly the same, but it is it's like fully realizing their yeah. potential on a yeah. on a more powerful two D console. Although I do like the original version of Final Fight with the music. Uh, it, was it Final Fight? Because that just makes me think of the other game that called that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like the, I do like the original version because it gives me SNES Rainbow Road uh, vibes to it. A little yes. Bit. <laughs> yep. Yep. To, to your point, Chris, I would totally be in for a ROM hack that replaces the final boss with Mike Hagar. Yeah. <laughs> final Fight is a place you go when you die. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you again, Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the Genesis, the Genesis and Mega Drive are no slouch either. Honestly, like I love the little touches of when every time you hit Robotnik's uh, Eggmobile or whatever machine he's in, you start to see visible damage on the cockpit yeah. that just sort of accumulates with every hit. And that's such a good touch. That's such a great detail. If, if you like lose track of the hits, you know, you're at least halfway through once that the glass starts to crack. Yeah. Safe light repair. Safe light replace. <laughs> <laughs> The biggest difference between all the different versions is that every single version has its own different type of special stage. Yep. <laughs> yes, they they sure do. For better and for worse. 
I remember uh, when I learned about the existence of the Saturn 3D special stages, always thinking that, boy, I sure wish I could play those because they look more fun than the Mega Drive ones. And after playing the PC version, I still think that because the <laughs> PC version is a seeming seems to be a pale imitation of this uh, uh, pretty little 3D Saturn special stages. And now I think the uh, the Mega Drive versions are not that bad, which, uh, you know, we already mentioned you get to the special stages, you find Tails and Knuckles that are just hanging out through <laughs> the levels uh, for some reason. Um <laughs> In, in most of them, I think in the uh, vanilla Mega Drive version, they are absent from some levels. Um, and it's basically you are just running on a really long, like, uh, bridge-looking thing on, against a, a, a muddy background. <laughs> it's the best, actually, because it's like, usually the special stages have these fantastical otherworldly presence. And then you're just on this rickety old bridge and Sonic's running on like, It's kind of like a Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon, like special obstacle kind of thing. <laughs> oh, it does. It does have like yes. It, it's not hard at all. They're very easy. Um, you, all you have to do is jump over or dodge the little mines, and you definitely get plenty of rings. Yeah, I don't think I hit a mine even once in my playthrough. Wow. No. But I prefer the boring, easy special stage to the the PC version of the special stage, which, again, it's not cute little 3D model Sonic. It's just your, you know, the 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 sprite from the Mega Drive version. And oh, boy, it it controls so bad, but it almost doesn't matter because I remember uh, uh, jumping to like the hardest special stage on the PC version and I think I hit every mind because you can't see them coming <laughs> and I still got the 400 rings required to to pass it and uh, I'll, I'll just continue pining and pretending like the, the Saturn version that I've never played is perfect in every way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... I always found it weird that the Genesis version had like those little ledges you had to hop up because it's like you could choose not to hop up those ledges and basically use that to give yourself a breather for a split second. Yeah, and just stand there. <laughs> yeah, just stand there, hang out to get your bearings again. But uh, yeah, those those PC special stages were what I grew up on, and they're definitely easier for me now. But I don't. I distinctly remember losing a lot on those on some of those back in the day just because like it is so hard to see a lot of the rings or the mines coming because it's shifting every which way and the camera doesn't always do you favors on that the one thing i do remember always thinking was cool even as a kid is that you can actually see like further portions of the special stage off in the distance like curving around and that always struck me as really cool as a kid and for context, these are like Sonic 2 style half pipes on the PC and Saturn. Yeah, like it's like many Sonic games that would come after this. They just rip off the idea of the Sonic 2 special stage because it works. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but the, the Saturn ones look really cool. Uh, yeah. They're like an ultimate realization almost of those special stages because they do some pretty cool effects of it that you could, obviously could never be done on the Mega Drive. The PC version only has, you know, the one ring goal that you're going for the whole time, while Mega Drive and Saturn have, you know, the traditional ring checkpoints as they're going. And the Saturn just has a bunch of little gimmicks throughout the special stages, like uh, boosters to fling you into packs of rings, uh, like little uh, checkpoints. If you hit them fast enough, you can 
get like multiple rings at once. It's really cool. And I really would like to, you know, see some of those other elements integrate in beyond just the standard get ring, avoid minds of many of the other special stages. Basically, Robotnik discovers that Flickies live on Flicky Island and they apparently come from other dimensions. So Robotnik's like, I'm going to capture all the Flickies, turn them into power sources for my robots like usual, try to harness their dimensional power. And Sonic goes to Flicky Island, just a casual visit, you know, nothing's fancy, nothing special, and finds out about this. It's like, okay, I guess I'm just going to free everybody like usual. (laughs) (laughs) Not too deep. I was going to get a chili dog, but I guess I'll save the world again. Now... This story is like told to you in like um I would say cutscenes, but these are just like images, like animated images that illustrate everything that happens. So when you start up the game, you're gonna know the story whether you like it or not. Well, at least you will in the Genesis version. The PC and Saturn version cut those scenes. Oh. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guess that's one of those improvements that they added. <laughs> Actively removing story content. The biggest improvement of all. <laughs> Dep- hey, depending on what Sonic fan you ask, you might not yeah, be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's also, I mean, it is also funny that you could also add a line in there that just says, and Tails and Knuckles are there too, period. Yeah, yeah. yeah basically. <laughs> they are there to take uh, rings from you so you can <laughs> so you can bribe them to taking you to the special stages, I guess. Yeah. Now, is it is it a special animation in the Saturn version where like tails and I I didn't see knuckles take you to the special stage? Okay. Yeah. There there's a little animation at the top. Like tails flies you in, knuckles glides you in because that's how it works. Yeah. They 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 take a they take a small uh, finder's fee and then take you (laughs) to the special zone to (laughs) to get those chaos emeralds. They're ubers. Uh, Yeah. Um, but you know the the first zone is Green Grove, and wouldn't you know it, it is it is very similar to a Green Hill zone. <laughs> Shock. Yeah. Yep. Even down to the checkered patterns, which which like we said, persist throughout to help when knowing where your little isometric hedgehog is going. Yep. Um, but yeah, on on the Mega Drive, it is very much that that same exact color palette of a a green green hill emerald hill. But yeah, on the Saturn, I think the textures help it uh, uh, kind of diversify it from those classic zones and give it its own feel. Um, yeah, but it's 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 pretty simple. It, you you don't have a ton of the the gimmicks they introduce yet. I think there is a. Um, uh, another thing that I did not know until I, I played through this whole game uh, just a couple of years ago is that there are breakable walls and, and secret yeah. areas. Yep. Um, there is one that has a, you know, a little treasure trove of rings and items and then wants you to hop in this little cannon <laughs> to get back to the, the main <laughs> path. And that that's cute. And um, the cannon is what activates Knuckles in uh, that area. Oh, yeah, that's right. He won't show up until then. Let's see. That's also neat. But, uh, among the uh, things in that little treasure trove is the gold shield, which they have a standard blue shield. They've got a red shield that protects you against fire. But the gold shield's interesting because that one was the very first instance we've ever had of Sonic having a homing attack. That's true. That's right. Oh, yeah. Something made for the purpose of functioning in 3D. Yep. I I love it. 
I I don't even know if the first few times I played it, I even realized that. And, and you know, coming back to it, I was, you know, it, it just makes me so excited for some reason of this is the first homing attack that we get. And it works really good, I think, for, for the most part. Um, there are a couple of bad nicks to where if you hit them on the wrong side, it'll, you know, you'll take damage. But it's, yeah. it's a, it, it is a, a honest to God, fully functional homing attack and i i love that for some reason see i i always remember that specific area because when i first when i played this years ago at a friend's house i must have like hit that uh little passageway wrong when i was spin dashing because i hit it just a little bit off and then suddenly Congratulations, you found the secret level select screen. Uh, oh. <laughs> and that mystified me for years that I was like, oh my God, how did, how did I do this? Did I have to hit a specific area? Did I have to, like, whatever, like my friend and I were completely, had our minds completely blown. And I, for years, I had no idea how to do that. I kept trying to hit that spot just right to see where it triggered. And then years later, I found out, oh, no, the reason I did that is because otherwise our game would have crashed. Because <laughs> <laughs> as, it, as it happens, John Burton explained in another Game Hunt video that they were desperate to make sure the game came out on time and they needed it to pass certification. So they didn't want to have any crashes. So basically as a workaround for that, he programmed it. So every time it would go to like a crash handler, it would instead send the players to the level select screen. And that is how (laughs) they managed to get around whatever specific certification things they needed to like not have crashes in their game. Wow. And good for you, man. That's pretty genius. That's honestly amazing. And I'm, Apparently, like once that knowledge started circulating, people just started randomly flicking or tapping their Genesis cartridges to make it trigger on their own. Because <laughs> you know, moving the cartridge is going to trigger it. So, congratulations, you f***ed up the game. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, back in the day there being uh, several level select cheats for Sonic Three and Knuckles that involved like and then tilt the left side of the cartridge yep. out just a bit and you know being a kid thinking I'm literally like casting magical spells when in reality <laughs> like no you are you are you are corrupting this game in ways that it's not supposed to be and manipulating that which is very very funny in hindsight oh goodness yeah that is, that is super fascinating i am so glad Punch that that the that cartridge is, get rewarded yeah i'm so glad that stuff like that is is uh for this game has been so like uh transparently documented and, and talked about because that is super cool yeah so rusty rune zone is the next one and this i like this is kind of you could call this like a a marble garden or a um or just marble yeah, or, or marble, or or even like, hey, you know, we talk about how Sonic Adventure was probably in its its planning stages at this point, almost kind of like a, a palette, like a Mystic Ruins, or yeah, or, or I, I can like see that. some Lost World in there. Yeah, this is almost becoming a Sonic trope at this point. This kind of level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, there's definitely like a recurring ruins level trope. 
Mm-hmm. Um, this is the one. I think this is the first level that introduces like its its own gimmick, which are the uh, the little fan panels that that give yeah, Sonic his little spinners. yeah spinner tornado ballerina dance that lets you break through some of the uh, the columns, and uh, it's pretty neat. I like how the 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 layout is specifically designed. Of you can't jump while doing this little spin, or you'll lose it. And so that there are several like ledges that you like. Oh, don't drop off until you get to the thing you can break and um i think that's that's goes back to we were talking about the level design is they're not too big or or uh labyrinthian to where uh if you do like fall off a ledge and have to go back um it just takes a couple of seconds running as regular sonic um yeah one one thing i will give to uh the pc and saturn versions in that regard is that they have very simplistic maps on the pause screen so that helps dramatically to kind of reorient yourself and not get lost yeah the uh the the saturn pc versions have uh i love the world map which is just a a render of the island it's i think it's very pretty and again also very donkey kong country (laughs) um or uh, to be fair or uh you know sonic (laughs) 8-bit also had some cute world maps um i like that and yeah the the pause screen has like a lot more information so it's not like cluttering up the screen i think it has that's where your timer is and uh i noticed a couple of times that they can be unique like the uh the final boss has its own unique pause screen that's just robotnik holding a like a screen in his hands that has like your current time (laughs) very dramatic lightning and like a completely black background (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but I, i I think the the negative on Rusty Ruin, unfortunately, is this is where it introduces uh, platforming on floating platforms. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the one part that always got me. Difficult in 3D. Yep, or, or isometric 3D. It's it's pretty crappy. Thankfully, there. I mean, I can count on one hand the number of times you have to do it in in sonic 3d blast but it is it's the biggest complaint people have is that it wants me to do precision platforming and it's just not it, it's just not yeah. very well done unfortunately i think that's where yeah there were there were points where i would basically like look for speed shoes so i could like get a running start and jump over all the platforms at once and clear it to the other side nice <laughs> I noticed that in in other levels, like uh, yeah, the next one especially, Spring Stadium, that you can just get a running start and jump over most gaps and not do the yeah. Uh, <laughs> just over that part soon enough, I was like, well, that speeds things up. Not do the intended route. <laughs> yeah, uh, Spring Stadium is pretty nice. This is like the the pinball carnival level of this of this game. Um, it's kind of a mixture of all that. Like, you, there's definitely some Carnival Night Zone with all of the, uh, you know, the candy cane, red and white tubes everywhere. I will say, like, the first time that I played this, um, and, and like, you know, now I realize, of course, like the floor that you can actually walk on is a different color than everything else. But like, there's a few times where I got confused about where I could land Sonic and where I couldn't. <laughs> oh <laughs> because, yes, because uh, yeah. a lot of it looks like explorable area. There, there are a couple of points where there's, yeah, the the big yellow like uh, uh, bumps or pillows or whatever they're supposed to be seems very much like a place where Sonic should be able to go, and the game just stops you. This is probably one of the most busy looking levels, and it, it's it, it does busy. kind of blend together. For sure. 
Like this is what I think this is the level that really kind of emphasizes the biggest difference between one of the biggest differences between 3D and other Sonic games is because of the nature of how you get the flickies where each one's hidden in a robot. It's definitely a less combat heavy game than a lot of the other Sonics. So in place of where there would be a lot of robots, it's a lot of different like kind of trap ground panels and other gimmick panels on the floor so it's like spring stadium you've got springs that may or may not bounce you up you've got spikes you've got fans that will boost you up just all sorts of different little gimmicks on the ground here and there that you need to be conscious of i do appreciate that these spikes that are everywhere are a special kind of pressure sensitive to where it takes them maybe about half a second to fully spring out of the ground and give you damage. So you can like, again, if you have speed shoes or, uh, you know, or just jumping normally. Yeah. Quick reflexes, like avoid, avoid them, uh, uh, the damage from those. It's, it's, it's pretty neat. Um, Oh, I do. I do want to mention I uh, replaying this. I found it was much easier using a control stick than the even the like the Genesis's uh D-pad um the Mega Drive D-pad and I do see looking that it was compatible with the uh joystick on the Saturn controller and it makes me wonder I wonder if that documentation is somewhere and I I just don't know where to look for it if this is a like uh you know it's not true analog control but it it just feels better <laughs> being able to to change direction quickly with one of those um, to where trying to do it with a a, a D pad uh, just felt a little harder this time around. Yeah, the turning is a little uh, awkward. I hadn't considered that. You kind of have to make a full uh, like act- Sonic has to manually turn around as opposed to just like doing a quick turn. I didn't actually consider that because I was like naturally using the analog stick on my like Xbox controller that I plugged into my PC. So yeah, it was just like, here. this controls fine. Do 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 do. The D pad. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I decided to play since I was going to play on the the PC on the PC anyway. I decided to play the Genesis version through my actual Genesis on my uh, Ever- oh, and mm-hmm. that was that was an interesting experience. I'll say that much. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, the 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 last time I played it all the way through was the the Genesis Mini, which has a, a you know a I'm pretty sure a one to one Genesis controller. Um, and I remember making it through it okay, but yeah, definitely on the PC I, again, just plugging in an Xbox controller. Uh, both versions just felt better with that control stick. Which yeah, again for the for the Genesis version, it might just be a placebo effect because I'm pretty sure it's not like uh true like eight direction. Or, or whatever. I, I don't particularly know the the technical terms. I just know there is a difference between like true analog control on like the, you know say like a Mario sixty four and just the the smooth transition between directions on playing uh, some classic games like that. Um, but yeah, I did think that was interesting that you could straight up use the 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 Saturn control stick controller. You know that big old honk and circle circle pad thing. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, this probably not my favorite zone for certain because uh, Spring Stadium, because it is so busy. Um, but the the one that comes right after it again, uh, hey, it's an ice level in a Sonic game. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Diamond Dust. 
We spent last episode singing its praises, and that has not diminished one bit. <laughs> can yeah. we just can we just take a brief moment to uh, point out that by this point you're probably aware of the fact that all the levels are alliterated, like in Sonic CD. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Diamond dust. Um, some of them are a bit of a stretch, but it's fine. <laughs> yep. It's it's beautiful. It's pretty in either version. It's got great music in either version, in my opinion, and. Um, yeah, I can't a hundred percent. What are what? Are, what's the the big? Is it the turning into an ice block in this? Is that the the gimmick for this? That's one? one of the big ones. I like that if you when you bust the blue flicky out of the little snowman enemy that shoots at you, he's actually frozen at first, and you have to break uh, it, break open the ice to get them out. Yes, that's a very cute touch. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's an it's a nice addition. Ah. Uh, I think we did that a lot last episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's... Uh, I, I like all the snowmen on this stage, actually, to be honest. Uh, I do like snowmen and ice levels. I think they give that wintry vibe. They're, they're just trying to kill you, that's all. Yeah, it's hard to... I mean, looking at the, the, the sprite, I don't even see, like, little angry eyes, but this little, like, green top-headed snowman does come off as uh, hostile, uh, just looking at it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the gun. It's, yeah, yeah, that <laughs> too, that too. Right in the middle of his forehead. <laughs> then on the complete opposite end of the spectrum in all regards. Uh, Volcano Valley. Yeah, this this is the one that I think, I can't remember if there's much like uh, precision platforming, but there are a lot of like, oh no, there's a lava river, you know, separating these two walkable places. And I think th- that works much better as like, oh, get a running start and jump than, than uh, the, the elevator sections. Yeah, th- this was easily my least favorite level. Like between the lava rivers the fireballs that pop out the fire shooters that come off from the side you basically need to find the red shield just to get around without being completely frustrated yeah but when you got it it's great (laughs) oh yeah for sure levels so that's so easy for sure but the getting to it is a hassle that's true yeah it is. <laughs> I do love the how the shields like also surround your little flicky buddies. So like here yeah, is yeah. You, you basically here is Sonic and then uh, uh, five other little uh, shielded birdies of running around. It's it, it's very cute. Yes, it's a little visually messy, but it yeah it, worth it because it's very cute. <laughs> but it also it does serve like an actual purpose, like because if you're like getting hit. Like even if you manage to avoid like a fire blast or something, there's a chance your flickies are going to get hit and be like and fly away. So <laughs> if they're shielded, then they're okay. Yeah, it's like the meme of "Don't ever talk to me or my son or my son or my son or my son or my son." Again. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's it, it, again. At least the level is very pretty, and it looks like the the Saturn version has a really cool like steamy fog effect because it's you know it's the old cartoon like you're you're standing right next to lava where uh, in reality uh, his flesh would be peeling off from the ambient <laughs> temperature. <laughs> so yeah, a, a pretty pretty frustrating uh, level if you don't have the fire shield, but it is pretty cool. No, it's not. It's really hot. Oh, you beat me to it I'm, again. <laughs> I'm, 
You set yourself up. You knew this yes, was coming. Yes. Now, I almost have a Sonic CD uh, uh, blending together thing with these last two ones, uh, Gene Gadget and Panic Puppet, because I think they're, although they're visually distinct, they kind of have the same of like, uh-oh, this is Robotnik has has terraformed this whole part of this natural island, and you just get a bunch of really scary machines and lots of... Yeah, um, it's, it's very Metallic Madness. This is all like two last levels. <laughs> it's just yes, like, basically. Here's a Robotnik level, and here's another one. Yeah, they do kind of blend together a little bit. It reminds me a lot of um, Fear Factory from Donkey Kong. <laughs> oh yeah, you're yeah. gonna oh, get that vibe no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, this is but this is very much like a scrap brainy kind of level. I think is what they're going for, especially with the little transport units with the big pipes that send you flying around the stage. It was a little frustrating getting around because so much of it, like, I remember, I believe in the first act, there's just this whole portion that is on a slant and you have to, like, get to little side areas along the slant on your way down to get each flicky. And it's like, if you don't hit those platforms just right so you can get over to them, you're just going to go tumbling all the way down and going to have to work your way back up. And that's, it's a little bit frustrating, I admit. Yeah, now I'm remembering that um, there's a there's a funny mix of, of of enemies in this level. There is the uh, the puffer fish that is from Spring Stadium that they just reused. There is a giant octopus with a really cool sprite, um, and then there is a tiny little mouse that I remember definitely running past like three or four times the the first time making it through this. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of the enemies have different designs but the same movement patterns. So like the mouse in that level moves the same as like the fly enemy in Green Grove or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I I, I remember picking up on that that they have similar animations, which yeah, looks <laughs> looks a little uh looks a little out of place on the mouse that's moving like the same as a buzzing insect from, <laughs> from previous levels. But yeah, and then Panic Puppet Zone, which I my favorite name in the in the game <laughs> don't don't know if it's actually i guess if you think of the roboticized flickies as dr eggman's puppets it makes sense but maybe like gene gadget is still my favorite name because it sounds like the name of jimmy neutron's cousin or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this stage actually like the first act of this really confused me i was i was beating up all the bad mix i'm like where are the flickies though yeah, yeah. i kind of like i kind of like that gimmick I didn't realize they were hidden away in those little, um, I don't know, pods, I guess. That yeah, you have little capsules. I guess they're they're awaiting, uh, you know, the, the robot process oh, in, yeah. in those holding chambers. It's a nice little switch up. I, I am pretty sure that is correct, because in the second zone, there are no flickies at all. Yeah, that makes sense. This is also another one of those levels where you have kind of the uh, the not necessarily floating platform, but the platform that sticks out from a slant, and you have to do some precise jumping, especially because it goes left and right, and that that was frustrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever yeah. those ones appear, and like you've got those like those platforms that move across, and they use the ghost sound effect from Sonopolis Zone, it sets me it sets off my anxiety. I'm like, <laughs> no, that's wrong. Your panic. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Yeah, it makes a solid point. Yeah, I think these last two levels are also um, 
like tails or knuckles are absent so if you have not gotten the the chaos emeralds like this is where the game ends for you you do not get to do the final fight which is the only thing that the chaos emeralds unlock like uh, in the in the vanilla version of the the mega drive and the the saturn pc versions like the only reward for the chaos emeralds is the final fight and the the good ending there are there are multiple endings in this game one one thing I really like is the kind of environmental storytelling in Panic Puppet Act Two, where as you're going around, you're going you're seeing like bits and pieces of this giant robotic mech that is in the background, and it's like it's so cool just being able to make out little tiny pieces of this giant thing that you don't get to the face of until you get to the very very end. Yeah. It's quite funny, though, that the giant robotic mech isn't what you're thinking. It's not like the big robot robotic. It's it's like a life... No, not life-size. A gigantic, actual, uh, true-to-life robotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, highly encourage people. To, uh, Luke just posted, like, a zoomed-out version of the map. It just looks... <laughs> <laughs> it really does just look like a big classic Eggman just looming over, like, Hey, Sonic, what you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Sonic, can you get this thing out of my nose? It's really uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, how you beat the stage, by the way. You actually have to exit... Oh, sorry. You have to enter Robotnik's nostril, which has a tube coming out of it, like, ready ready for Sonic to be inserted inside, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, it's a real missed opportunity for a final body horror themed zone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robotnik's Inside Story, that'll be pretty cool. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, do you see the cockles of his heart? <laughs> <laughs> but if you do collect the, the Chaos Emeralds from whatever version of the special stages you're playing, hopefully not the PC version. Hey, uh, I, get... I did the PC version, and I, it's harder for sure, but I did every single one of those the first try because I'm just that f- cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what we'll go with <laughs> and also i conditioned myself as a child don't judge me uh, uh yeah i know we we always forget the you know the the ingrained uh brain uh, synapses of how to play these classic sonic games that we can never erase <laughs> really served us well in the real world (laughs) and we also are familiar with the this is the first one i played and by golly it sucks but i love it (laughs) yeah yeah i can play it better than anyone uh that yes that will really help me out in life like jeremy was saying uh oh i i do like the uh the final boss which is just called the final fight as we've talked about it's a it i i think for the most part it's not too not too cheap uh, uh as far as you some of the bosses like we didn't talk a lot about the bosses because they're kind of i like their designs but a lot of them are really twitchy with like where you're supposed to hit and not take damage and unfortunately a couple of them do actually use the gimmick of get on this platform that is in the foreground or background and then wait to get a hit and but the 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 final boss i think is really cool it's almost like you know it's funny it's it's a big eggman robot but it's not that big uh you know the the world map uh makes you think it's going to be enormous like a death egg robot when it's yeah it's it looks like it's big enough for robotnik to fit in like <laughs> maybe a little snuggly 
<laughs> it's kind of like just like literally a big metal egg. Yeah, yeah, with some floating uh, appendages. A big egg. <laughs> a big egg. That's uh, for you, <laughs> I like that you sort of move around a map, like a map that sort of unlocks itself as you go through every little uh, attack phase. It's Yeah, I, I, it's like a gauntlet of different bosses all in one, and it's it, it's just fresh, and it it's a really good... It's a good way to make the final fight feel special. I, yeah. I remember this took me so many tries as a kid when I finally did it. Oh, man, that felt so satisfying. <laughs> yeah. It it feels like the nice uh, a nice balance of it is challenging, but it doesn't feel cheap. And it almost feels like uh, a few references to, like, older Sonic games. Like, um, the first one is like the robot puts his floating hands and they're trying to lock on to Sonic and it's kind of reminiscent of like Sonic 3 and Knuckles the death egg mm. robot except they you know they shoot little lines of lasers but it's kind of the same thing as like oh you move around and get them to lock on in place and then just move out of the way and avoid the lasers and then yeah you get your chance to to take a hit against the boss and i think no matter what it's like two rotations throughout uh the yeah, whole thing if you, gotta, you manage you gotta to get a hit every cycles. time yeah, but um, I it is. It's just it's a neat little final boss. Like it's it does not feel like too cheap or too hard. It's kind of funny though because, like you said, at the end of every free attack section, Robonic will have a point point where you actually get to hit him. But it's uh, he's not actually he's just moving forward, not to actually attack you. He's just moving <laughs> forward. He's like, oh well, you you've passed that round. I guess I'll give you a chance to hit me. <laughs> or yeah, like oh my fatal flaw in the design. I've got to move forward slowly <laughs> for a few seconds. <laughs> it's 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 funny, like. This, more than any other level or st- boss in the game, this is the one where everything came back to me at once. I remembered every single <laughs> attack pattern, every single move he would do, all of my strategies to avoid getting hit. And I think I only got damaged once during the boss. Right. Luke is too cool. <laughs> all those instincts <laughs> came flooding back. Yeah, no. The only time was when... uh they uh, were doing like the ricochet bullets at the very in the fifth uh, phase, and it's like I moved a little bit too fast from the one spot I know on the map <laughs> where they will never hit you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just. <laughs> You've been enjoying your time with this game. It's like, oh yeah, casual run. And then the final boss starts and just your hands take over. Your brain goes blank and you achieve true autonomous ultra instincts. <laughs> it's almost like a freaking a sleeper agent is woken up. And like, now's your Something chance. Like now's your that. time, Luke. Agent 420, now's your chance. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like I knew exactly, you know, you hear the boss start to go like, whoop, 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 whoop. I knew exactly which whoop to start moving to avoid getting <laughs> hit by, like, crushed by the hands or, like, hit by the lasers and exactly where to stand and everything. It's like, I, it's been, it's rare that I have such, like, raw instinct where everything comes back to me at once despite not playing that fight for, like, 20 years or whatever. Yeah, you hear that? That's the critical whoop. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! 
I do know exactly what you mean, because I remember all the way back at the beginning of this podcast talking about the adventure games to where I always keep in mind, like, I love these games and also try and keep uh, uh, remember that if people come to these later, that they don't have that, like, fully ingrained, like... I don't even have to think about it like going through Sonic Adventure. I remember every part of these levels and that that'll probably never go away. And that yeah. is part of why I love those games. But yes, I I know that exact feeling of, you know, I know what to do. <laughs> it's so fun. And then, yep, you you crack that egg and you get a nice ending screen i have to be i don't know the differences between the ending credits except for the music <laughs> in the versions you get a nice little pre-rendered cg uh cutscene at the end of the saturn pc version whereas the genesis one is just kind of static images with uh some story text and then the credits are i'm pretty sure it's just text on mega drive and then uh, scrolling text with some different like renders on the Saturn PC. We've kind of been dancing around it. We've already mentioned. I, I don't know how we've managed to get through this entire episode and successfully <laughs> dance around it because it was, it's it is the elephant in the room. We we've mentioned Game Hut and you know John Burton, the the uh, the, the, the founder of Traveler's Tales. Uh, you know the original games. I think yeah, the the director, the programmer. If you are going to go out and play this game and don't have access to a Sega Saturn or, jeez, ah, I don't know the, the status of Sega Saturn emulation. I just know it's hard for me. It's hard for everybody. The best way to play this game is Sonic 3D Blast, the director's cut, which is an unofficial patch put out by John Burton, again, the original director, main programmer, that... Like it says on the tin, it is a true director's cut of the game that that in adds adds content, so much content, tweaks uh, uh, visuals, graphics, features, and for for me, uh, like I said, playing this game uh, for the first time front to back with the director's cut uh, patch feels almost like a a completely new game the 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 changes are are very much documented in detail by by john himself on his on his channel but yeah some some of the biggest features it adds are you know probably the 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 coolest is it adds supersonic which i believe was a a something they wanted in the original game but just didn't have time to implement but yeah you collect those chaos emeralds um you can now uh get a chaos emerald per Per stage so like tails and knuckles have been added to the later stages and you can make it all the way to the end and uh have supersonic supersonic basically functions like the power sneakers invincibility and homing attack all at once so it's just like you can boost right through those stages clear everything out no sweat one of the other big things that it added which is a huge difference is uh, I believe the PC version was the only one that had a save function. Not even the Saturn version had it. But in the director's cut, they add in the password system from the Sega Channel release of the game. So you can get a unique password to track your progress and pick up where you left off. And I do say j progress because they added a lot, like an actual completion reward. Basically... 
on top of getting through the game, getting all the Chaos Emeralds, they also challenge you to find every spinning Sonic medallion that would normally give you an extra life in each stage, and also beat every stage in a time attack time. And some of those times are super duper short. You have to really like know the level layout if you want to get through them as fast as possible. And then also get a max total score across all playthroughs of 5 million points. And if you do all that, you get a score run mode to basically get as high a score as you can in a single playthrough, just for basically just for bragging rights. And then one of the other really cool things is they added a level editor so that you can actually basically place objects throughout the levels however you want, including a lost crab enemy that actually was found in the code and resurrected for this release. Just so many little touches that are so, so, so good. And the movement feels better as well. Sonic now moves faster. His turns are tighter. The camera, like does a better job of tracking you at high speed. Like, if you get hit, like, you'll only lose one flicky unless you're out of rings, in which case you'll lose all your flickies, but you won't necessarily die. All sorts of little things that make it so much better. And honestly, the more I think about it, the more I feel like this, above many others, is the game that needs, like, a Taxman-style remake. Like, if we could get the Saturn version with the changes from the director's cut, it would basically be perfect. That would be so cool. There, There is a, a, a quote-unquote perfect version of this game that is like the Saturn visuals with the special stages with a music switcher like they've yeah. done for Sonic CD and all of the quality of life improvements and maybe like a modern, uh, uh, you know, a modern save uh, uh, save system of the director's cut. Um because I, it really did feel like night and day patching the uh, the director's cut, which he, you know, he released. It's a it's an X Delta patch, which if you're unfamiliar is just a a little program that's made to patch like game ROMs and and whatnot. I think one of the easiest things to do is you can download the uh, the Genesis and Mega Drive Classics Collection on Steam, um, and it's in the Steam Workshop. Yep, that's that's how I got it. Save me a lot of time. Yeah, you can just get a pre-patched version. It's perfect. Like that's that's probably the easiest way. But he- I mean, hell, you can do it with an official ROM, and then, like you said, load that up on a real Genesis if you want to. And it run and it runs perfectly on real hardware too. I tried it. It's just it's it's oh man, it's just it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen as far as like Sonic games go. Where yeah. where uh, it. it, it <laughs> sorry i'm I'm rambling again but uh i i absolutely encourage people if you've never played sonic 3d if you have played it and didn't like it um i highly recommend trying out the director's cut because it's just a wonderful piece of of game history now that uh you just would would not expect to ever be a real thing and um you know it's it's one of the the few times i'll i'll pat uh sega corporate on the back as far as like hey as far as i know they they do not care that this has been released this is they kind of i'm sure consider this like a fan game quote unquote even though this is like nah this is the guy that made the game saying like oh here's some things i i wish we could have done and hell i'm just gonna do it (laughs) i mean by virtue of being the one who made the game you could argue he's the biggest fan of all 
Yes. <laughs> he didn't have to do this, but he did. And I'm glad he did, because I can say from experience, as someone who never beat the original game, because I never really got on with it, this helped me do it. This made me like realize, okay, now I get it. And there we go. I can say that I beat Sonic 3D for the first time in my life. <laughs> it's so good. And I did check. It does get a shout out in the Encyclopedia. Nice. Excellent. Oh, yes. I do remember that. Yep, yep, yep. That is super cool. Yeah, that is easily the best way to play this game. And I would wholeheartedly recommend you give it a try because it's it's just so good. It's so cool seeing this revised version that fixes so many of the problems with it and really does present this game that actually does mean a lot to me in close to the best light. It'd be better if we could get the Saturn graphics, but, you know, for what it is, this is fantastic. Yeah. Fingers crossed that 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 Frankenstein perfect version becomes some kind of reality (laughs) someday. We know it's possible. I'm sure somebody's got a either has or will eventually take a crack at it. Well, it depends on how big of Sonic's 3D fans we have out there, because this is like one of the only one of those games which we don't really see any like uh, fan continuations or fan new versions of. Like they literally took the create essentially the main guy behind the game for us to get like an updated version of it. Yeah, but I feel like maybe people could appreciate it a bit more now. The the only one that I can think of, which I did play some, just because it's I thought, hey, it's tangentially related, is a a fan game called Sonic 3D in 2D, which I encourage people to go check out. But it is very much a a fan game with lots of uh uh lots of Sonic fan service first, and you know uses design elements uh of of Sonic 3D Blast. Um, but yes, that that's about it. <laughs> like you said there are not a lot of people doing like uh you know sonic 3d blast flicky's island 2 ultimate edition that's like a <laughs> new levels and yeah no because- like the only hacks i can find on retro besides the director's cut are 3d with no flickies and 3d with supersonic and no flickies which uh, yeah you can technically <laughs> do both of in the director's cut yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the the most fun thing about Director's Cut is that the the Chaos Emeralds are limited uh, because you can only get one per stage, but you can freely travel back to levels you've already completed if you need to collect them to get the uh, Supersonic and the uh, the final fight. <laughs> the only thing left on our our docket here is a passing mention of Sonic Blast on the Game Gear, also known as G Sonic in Japan, which. Look, the only thing tangentially related to 3D Blast is that they this also uses pre-rendered sprites, but it's on the Game Gear, and so the way they make those stand out more is by making them large, and already on the limited screen real estate of the Game Gear just, oh man, makes this game even harder to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a mess. So we, we, we wanted to do our due diligence and mention everything, but... Uh, maybe G Sonic should just stay as a, a footnote. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll talk about it in depth someday, but today is not that day. This yeah. was our only real excuse to talk about it because it is vaguely related to Sonic 3D in just those respects that Jeremy mentioned. Yeah, it's the most interesting thing is that it got a uh, a very not good port uh by tech toy in brazil to the master system which is 
uh, seems to be like they should put a master system on their national flag (laughs) for sticking, sticking with that console for so long. But that's about the most interesting thing about Sonic Blast without the 3D. One day we're going to see like a Brazilian soccer tournament and it's actually sponsored by Sega Master System. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow. Somehow. (laughs) I gotta say, I I really, and I I, I owe it mostly to the director's cut that Sonic 3D Blast, Flicky's Island, like, I I don't know if I would put it on my like favorite Sonic games list anytime soon, but it definitely went from being a, oh, this isn't a real Sonic game uh, to like, no, this is a a fun little experience that I'm so glad that I I have and and will revisit in the future. Definitely. Yeah. Like. I feel a lot less guilty about being able to say, yeah, no, this was kind of one of the things that got me in. So, yeah, it's nice to know that my fond childhood memories are not misplaced. Doing this episode has made me want to honestly go back and play this again and just, you know, kind of relive some of that like original wonder that I had when I first played it on the Mega Collection and just realizing how different it was from all the previous like older Sonic games I had played. So there's people who gripe about the game, but honestly, I, in the grand scheme of things, I think this game is unoffensive. I think it's charming and I think it's, it's definitely got its own place. What I guess you would call is like the tier, uh, like the different tier levels of like older Sonic games. Like it's fun to visit, but yeah. You kind of have to meet it halfway. You, yes. you do have you do have to meet it halfway of saying like this is this is a Sonic game. Sonic is in it. He is running around rather quickly. Um, but you you have to meet it halfway and say like, but they were trying to do something different for a lot of different reasons. They were they were trying to capitalize on this new. 3d not 3d type thing they needed a a like we said at the top a swan song for the uh the the mega drive and then needed (laughs) something anything for the sega saturn (laughs) we need a 3d sonic game wait a minute 3d sonic sonic 3d (gasps) there it is (laughs) vector man brain blast (laughs) (laughs) um this is this is kind of fun because like we try our best to be positive on this podcast, and um, sometimes we have to really push to be positive with some of these games, but I don't think we've had to do that for this one, surprisingly so. I wasn't expecting to go back and really enjoy this that much, but no, I do. This is a, a valid member of the the, the old classic Sonic uh, franchise, I, I guess. And um, it's, yeah, uh, it hasn't had like a massively lasting legacy, other than maybe some music tracks uh, carrying over into later games. But I think it's nice. Yeah, <laughs> couple of couple of nice comic adaptations from different publishers that we'll we'll maybe talk about in the future. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to show you guys what STC does with this because you will not I expect desperately, it. <laughs> I desperately need to see it. <laughs> I do. I I do want to reiterate uh, our previous points that. Part of the the I think what makes 3D Blast the, even the frustrating parts uh, easier to get through is that it is a much shorter game. That you know we we've talked about some frustrating aspects of of other titles, and part of the the hardest part of that is that it takes a long time. There there is not a lot of even if you lose a life in 3D that there is not a lot of like well now I get to do this 15 minute section again. No, there are no no sections like that in 3D. 
Shaggy. <laughs> no, there's not got any of that artificial bloating that we're kind of used to. This is uh, this is very much like the the Sonic. It's the Sonic CD one act, two act, boss act. Boom. That's that works. I mean, I, I personally prefer the Sonic one and two from Sonic three, but this this is work. This works for what they're doing. Yeah, like it's a game that really does. Like, whether or not you enjoy what it is is up for debate, but it's a game that, for the most part, knows what it wants to be and really does commit to that bit. And then 20 years later, actually becomes what it wants to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's true. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you, Mr. Game Hut. Yes, shout out to Game Hut again. <laughs> I don't know if anyone was actually asking for a director's cut. Like, maybe there are some super fans out there. We should never discount the possibility of super fans for any Sonic game. Oh, there are some hardcore Sonic Labyrinth lovers out there, and maybe because <laughs> Sonic has his shoes removed by Robotnik off screen, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Even if no one asked for it, I imagine someone might have. The fact that it's out there and you can get it it's for free, provided you've got the game already, it's lovely. Yeah. It is. We're just going to keep like harping on about how great it is the fact that that exists. Yeah, as well we should. Like, I would love to see more game developers go back and remaster, like, touch up their own old work in the ways that they wish they could have back in the day. Yeah, Hideo Kojima, why don't you do that? Oh no, God, no, you, like, you found <laughs> the one exception. Please stop now again. <laughs> I, honestly, I think part of the charm of 3D Blast, like in in this year, like in this time that we're in, is the fact that Game Hut has diligently worked on it to like release his own director's cut just to put it out there, and it, it's just cool to have that story of like the game that they put out, and then later on the game that they really actually wanted to put out, and it, it's like a completion story. I like it a lot. Isn't it nice that there's a director's cut of a Sonic game that was actually made by the director and is better? Yeah. <laughs> well put. Uh, subtle. Anyway, uh, I, that pretty much brings us to the end of the show. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cyberlink420. Oh, you can find me at Twitter at Falero. That's F-A-U-L-E-R-R-O. I love it. <laughs> And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Great Job Jeremy. That's G R and the number eight. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Rock the Jake, and on Twitch as Mr. Rock the Jake. And special thanks, as always, go out to Amy Waters for the use of our theme song from the album Gotta Go Slow. You can check out more of her work on YouTube and Bandcamp. And of course, please remember to subscribe, review, share the podcast around, etc., because that stuff really does help and it does go a long way to growing our audience and allowing us to really commit to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Let 2023 be the year of us having our podcast shared around more, please. <laughs> Pretty please. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> but as for next time, you know, we've kind of, we kind of let the cat out of the bag already, but yep, we're doing another listening party episode comparing the two different soundtracks for Sonic 3D. And I am Woo-hoo! really excited to get into this one because like there are some absolute bops in the Mega Drive soundtrack but the PC Saturn soundtrack is what I grew up on and it's going to be a nostalgic blast of the past to really go back through those 
Yes, I'm. I'm now realizing the the credits theme for Sonic 3D was on my like original Windows 95 computer, <laughs> and I had no idea what it was from except that it was Sonic related, and so I <laughs> sat there listening to it, just enjoying it, <laughs> thinking someday I'll know what this is, the what Sonic thing this is from, <laughs> and now you know. <laughs> yep. Oh man, uh, yeah, I really love our little listening parties, even though we've only had one so far, and I don't know how many we're going to have, so let's enjoy them while we can, while we've still got two <laughs> soundtracks to actually compare. Uh, I, the, yeah, this is going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, the last this one was gonna be a good one. The last one was so fun, so this is definitely going to be, it's just going to be a ton of fun again. For sure. Yes. Probably, well, you know, I'm not going to jinx it. I was going to say probably not almost four hours long, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> look, I, look, I really have to talk about how much I love Saturn Volcano Valley Act 1. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be that'll be 90 minutes at least. Because I, I, I know you've heard that one, Jeremy, even if you don't realize you've heard that one. Oh, Chris yes, knows what I'm talking yes. about. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, I'm Cyberlink. I'm Falero. I'm Game Buddy. And I'm Rock the Jake. And I like you. Let us burn things together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, burn it all to the ground. <laughs> Anile charge. Anile charge. <laughs> Worthless consumer models. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody.